Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It's Friday, April 1st. Oh my God, it's April Fool's Day. We're not making up anything stupid. In this episode, <laughs> World Cup qualifiers are over. The USA make it. Yay. There are freaking laser beams in Africa. <laughs> but first, Mike, how did you handle your international break? What did you get up to? Anything good? Uh, I watched a lot of hockey. I ignored i shunned the u.s men's national team i just couldn't pretend to do it they were down the street and i just couldn't care um no i i had a nice break but man this one i say this in every international break this one was awful for like i needed i i, I feel no juice i need the premier league back to care at all and it's just thank god it's coming back but like we were it's just so funny that like it's almost it's like the opposite of an old car in January. Like it starts right away and it goes, 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 and it's like, and it's not. Yeah. And then it just keeps going. Like every time, it, it, it's it's as if like it somehow is a great cliffhanger that takes so long to get back. You're like, wait, sorry, where where were we? And you kind of like you lose all of that excitement and that momentum. So yeah. it takes a it's, little it's while. It's funny. To get back. It's funny. I I do think about it. I think about how an American sports league would never do this no right nobody would where, watch where you where you take your big seasons narrative and your whole system and you just crush it into two like it's not it's not like bye weeks and stuff like that right where oh the jets are missing this week oh the giants are missing oh they're on a bye they'll be back next week it's all teams all leagues everywhere just like nah yeah, we're not playing yeah. anymore think, good christ the only thing that you have and i think it's more true in baseball because it's the summer and there's no other competition there's nothing else but like there's two weeks of the year that i think of one being the Ju july all-star break after the all-star game there's wednesday thursday off and you contemplate suicide sometimes. You're like, the fuck am I supposed to do with myself? So that's yeah. one. And then similarly, when the NHL and NBA, thankfully they stagger it. So you have the other one to kind of fall back on. And you have mm -hmm. college stuff as well. But like there's a couple of days where you're like, what, what is my purpose here? You really kind of like, why? Why do I yeah. why do I exist? Yeah. Are these people yeah. my family? What the fuck is going on? So <laughs> so I don't know how again, I say this a lot on the show, but you people have one sport and a half, one sport. So when it goes away and you never have anything, I get it because like I said, that's how American baseball fans feel in the summer during that week. But you guys do this like seven times a year. And I just, yeah, England oh in England, God, resiliency. I think some of them, they, I think one on one hand, on one hand, I don't think they take foot. They don't take sport as seriously as we do in some sense, but then they do it in other sense. The other thing is they'll watch things like darts and fucking yeah snap, yeah right so they just throw some stuff into the mix but let's sort of talk about who's remaining who made it who didn't make it i need a list i'm not actually gonna i don't really want to talk about it you can just go search for it there were a handful of interesting games that went on i think the most balanced match was sweden versus poland a little dour a little dire lewandowski gets poland through so sweden are out i did not know this Sweden have missed three of the last four. It feels like Sweden are in the World Cup all the time, but maybe mm -hmm. I'm mixing my Euros with Sweden, and it feels like they play England all the time. Our nemesis, the U.S. nemesis, the black Trinidad stars of Tobago, the black stars of Ghana, I saw eliminate Nigeria on yeah. an away goal, 
and uh, a, Niger- a Nigerian stormed the pitch, but it's a misnomer. They didn't really storm the pitch. They actually opened the gates and let everyone exit from the field every game. They just kind of took stuff on the way out. So they made it look worse. <laughs> I call racism. Anyway, that happens. Algeria are eliminated in the final kick of the game. The guy, Cameroon, is through. So that is fun. Africa was fun. By the way, hey, Africa, if you're going to vote with Qatar to give them their crooked World Cup, because I know they paid you guys off, mm-hmm. get some more fucking teams in the World Cup. It's gigantic. What are you yeah. guys doing? Well, wait, you, you make missed, it so goddamn you hard. The, you missed the headline from Africa, right? Senegal. Oh, there's one, and one more headline. Friends, friends become enemies, right? Sadio Mane and, and, uh, and Mo Salah. In a and repeat a, of the CAF final. The AFCON final. Yeah. Uh, Mo Salah misses the penalty, but the the, the story here for me no, is wait, there's freaking laser. Beams. Yeah, thank you. Is <laughs> if you watch the video of Mo Salah taking this kick, there are what would you say a dozen lasers on his face, body. The whole shorts. stadium is firing. They must yeah. have given up. It must have been Laser Day. Yeah, yeah. So Free Laser Day. Yeah, it's in Senegal. Everyone's getting lasers. It's not just it's not just the guy taking the penalty. The guy, the goalkeeper got lasers. All right, they so- were just green lasers firing at everyone's face. And by the way, everybody missed their fucking penalties. Yeah. Um I think I think of like when, during a Champions League game like the night before the team sets off like the 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 home team's fan sets off fireworks at the hotel so they keep the team up the night before like that's as like whimsical funny but like trying to affect the the away team um but this was a new level this was really really pretty heavy stuff so um you know i i i feel for mosala that's hard for me to do but um in, it's interesting senegal is a team they're in pot 3 uh, and pot three is really the the elbow, if you will. And they, they pot three is going to decide what is, and we're going to do um, a a live draw with a simulator with all the teams in the World Cup in just a few moment here. But um, pot three is really the kind of this is a good group, this is a bad group, right? Because if you look at pot one, you know what? We'll just go to it now. Um, if you look at pot one, obviously you've got Qatar, you've got uh, you know. They're the the sweetheart pick. If you can get Qatar, oh my goodness, you're you're you've won the lottery essentially. But look at the rest of the list: Brazil, Belgium, France, Argentina, England, Spain, and Portugal. Yikes! By the way, I just I want to note some rules here that I hope this thing has is there must be one European team in every group, except one group can have two. So they they doll things out. Okay, well, no, we're going to find that out. I'm pretty sure. Out. I've used this site a handful of times. Okay. So, um, But you go to pot two, uh, Mexico, uh, who finished second in CONCACAF um, after a blackluster performance by the Americans in Costa Rica. The Netherlands, who are an interesting sort of enigma at this point, I think. Den- a resurgent Denmark with, uh, by the way, we I don't know if we touched on too much, Christian Eriksen coming off the bench to score goals. Two goals Germany, in the last two games, yeah. Germany, Uruguay, Switzerland, our United States, and Croatia, who are no slouch. Uh, they are old. <laughs> they are old, but I mean, look. In a, They're in a old, but good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Senegal, Iran, Japan, Morocco, starting pot three. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. Serbia could go either way. Poland. Poland's got a guy who can beat you. Poland's got a guy who's one of the best players in the world that nobody where's, talks where's about because he's buried in Germany. Uh, South Korea, huh. Sonny, 
right? So these yeah, teams the best, in the here, best, the best team in Asia, essentially South. Korea. Right. So you've got Poland, South Korea, and Senegal. Each of those three teams have one guy that is likely better than any one player on a lot of these teams, including the United States of America. Yeah. And then interestingly, Canada falls into pot four. I think this is based on the FIFA rankings, despite the fact that they won Concacaf. Yeah, but they are still not as high up because it's right quick. Right. I feel like I, but I feel like if we're going to be basing this on, if if we're basing who gets in the World Cup based on qualifying, the final order of qualifying should matter a little bit more for for the pots, similar to Champions League, right? Yeah. Um, but it, they do but even they that do is less more of the that. They do less of that finagling, by the way. Yeah, and by the way, this is the last time that to this point. Realistically, any of these games will matter because for 2026, we're expanding the tournament. What is it to uh, 48 teams? Yeah, basically, no. If you don't make it and you're a decent footballing nation, you're a clown. What are you doing? Right. Like, no more. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Italy. We found the answer for you. By the way, um, I have an update on the Champions League. There's a there's a thing for that too. Okay. They've, they're expanding that. They're going to the full the Swedish model, and there's some interesting rules finagling that you'll hear about after we keep going okay um cameroon canada canada is no joke in a pot four ghana as we talked about ecuador saudi arabia and there are three teams still left to qualify so Do you well, let's 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 detail them the yes. uefa team is going to be one of wales scotland or ukraine ukraine and scotland play each other and then they play Wales. so wales right effectively is in the playoff final, but they don't know who their opponent is. Mm -hmm. AFC and Conmebol, I believe that is going to be New Zealand. Sorry, sorry. CONCACAF is going to be uh, Costa Rica versus New Zealand, and then the Conmebol one will be likely Australia versus Peru. So mm -hmm. it'll be Peru or Australia, New Zealand or uh, Costa Rica. And I'm then... going with the Latin teams. <laughs> Just because <laughs> yeah. they're better. And then uh, Wales, no. Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. All three of those teams have brand name stars on now, that club. On that side. Scotland and Ukraine have to win two to go. No, no I, under, I understand right, what right, I'm saying. Okay. And, and the form that Gareth Bale has been in, that's not a team that you want to play as your pot four team. And, and I don't want to play Scotland either. They're undefeated. I'm speaking from the, um, from the point of view of the United States of America – but yeah. from more from the point of view of a pot two team, because what yeah. you're trying to do, and, and this is really how I've looked at, this is the prism I've always looked at this draw through. And, and frankly, as a Tottenham fan, for the most part, I'm a pot two, pot three team in there, but in Champions League. But so that's kind of where I go, okay, we're going to get a grenade in pot one. Just assume that. But pot three and four or pot two and four is where you really want to avoid the other landmines, and that's where you can find yourself getting through. And then you're into the knockout stage, and who knows what can happen. So You know what's funny about the pot one teams? Those are like the top-ranked teams. If yeah. I'm in those things, give me Belgium. I think they're fucking done. Um, <laughs> I would say that Belgium and Portugal have the biggest wobble. And what does Argentina have left? They still have Messi. I don't want to play Messi. I understand, but they have they have a geriatric Messi at this point. But but nonetheless, I don't want to. And play they Messi. have plenty of others too. But um, but no, I think I think that I agree. Of and they these are also powers. They also are currently their region's champion, Argentina. It's playing true. 
the shit houseiest shit house of <laughs> shit house. No, I think now, I think you're absolutely right that if of those teams of literal pick your poison, give me Belgium. I agree. Um, yeah, because so what's gonna, Lukaku? A choker. Right. So we're going to click on one of these balls. It's going to select a team. France goes to Group B. Portugal to C. England to D. Argentina E. Belgium to Group F. Spain goes to H and Brazil goes to group G. Now this is where it starts to get fun. We're going to be selecting pot two. Pot Yay. two, Germany gets Qatar. That makes sense. Ooh, that's fun. Mexico gets France. Portugal and the United States are rematch Again. of 2014. <laughs> England and Denmark. Tough game. They made Argentina the and Switzerland. Belgium and the Netherlands. Very Ooh, interesting. border There's- war. Yeah, I wonder who will honor the border there. and let the Germans go through first. Spain gets Uruguay in Group oh. HC. This is a pretty wise tool because Uruguay can't be in the same one as Brazil, which leaves Croatia for Brazil, which is no walk in the park for either of them. And now it gets really interesting. We go to pot three. Tunisia with Qatar and Germany. It shouldn't oh, be God. too much of a problem for either. For You know what? I feel good for, for Qatar there, essentially, for the host nation. Yeah. Iran goes to see France and Mexico. Morocco sees the United States and Portugal. That's a big win for the United States if that were to come true. Because it's the two Senegal, that go through, right? That, right, that, correct. The group, by the way, Group D, Group of Death. Already. Group of Death. England, Denmark, and Senegal. Oh, boy. <laughs> Japan faces Argentina and Switzerland. You That's a tough like, group, too. Japan's yeah, usually sure. pretty good. Ooh, bro- Brazil, Croatia, and Serbia. Oh, that is uh, some some people getting thrown off bridges in the little Shevardnitsa action. <laughs> that is a that is a perfect place for riot police. And to now appear. we come down to the two <laughs> final teams in pot three, arguably the two teams you wanted to avoid, with yes. the Belgium and Netherlands group and Spain and Uruguay groups. Yeah. Either can go in either way. Yeah. And South Korea goes to Netherlands and Belgium in Group F, which means Poland will face Spain and Uruguay. Yeah, uh, it's in very group H. Polish. They never make it out of their groups. That yeah, feels but, like exactly so, so what So to happen. this point, I'd say we have three groups of death right now, or at least three three contenders for a true group of death: Group D, F, and H. Um, the, I guess the the walkthroughs again to this point. I would disagree. I think E is tough. I don't think Argentina. I know you. I said I like Messi, but I also think that Switzerland are a really good team. They always show well in tournament, and Japan will be tough. They can't match Argentina, but I I would I would argue be efficient, E is also like their cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Group F is probably the most balanced. Like I don't know who will come out of that thing. Yeah, no, I would agree. All right, and now the final pot four. CONCACAF or OFC? So that's going to be Costa Rica or who did you say? Costa Rica or New Zealand. New Zealand. Listen, new, uh, Conca- if, it's new, if it's New Zealand, it's a cakewalk. If it's, if if it's, it's Costa, Costa Rica, Rica, it's the Ticos, they're going to war. They won their group in 2014. But yeah. it's, this, old, it's literally the same group. It's the same guys. So, yeah. I mean, experienced, yes. Grizzled, yes. Uh, old as shit. So Taylor Navas steals something for them. Sure, yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia finishes oh, that out would the be a, United States. If that happened States. to us, that would be a dream. So let's talk about the United States group a little bit more in Group <laughs> C. They get Portugal. Then they get Morocco and Saudi Arabia. If you're Greg Berhalter, if you're the United States, you are doing backflips. You are punching your ticket to the round of 16. You're very, very excited about that. And you know what? There's a chance you could win your group. 
We'll they're see. Not win- they're not beating Portugal. Come on. They're, you know what? But they may not lose to Portugal, and that might be all you need to do. Yeah, because the coach at Portugal essentially holds that team back. Yeah. Uh, Ecuador finishes out Group B with Iran, Mexico, and France. Uh, that's Mexico pretty have much got to feel good there. That's a pretty good draw for the Mexicans as well. But Ecuador is going to be tough. But the, it's not a guarantee. It's not as easy as the U.S. It's but not, it's, not, I don't but know it's certainly a, a good yeah. draw. Um, Ghana, oh, oh boy, this is now the officially the group of death. Ghana. Except Ghana is terrible. No, it's not but, a good Ghana group. But, but you get historical juice. But you got the juice. Belgium, Netherlands, South Korea, Ghana, and their witch doctors and everything coming at Belgium. You know who's not getting out of this group? Belgium. <laughs> How about that? Oh, yeah. you want chaos? We've got chaos, friends. Yeah, okay. What else do we have? Cameroon finishes out Group G with Bel- Brazil, Croatia, good, and Serbia. It's a strong group. Uh, the UEFA contingent, which is either Wales, um, Scotland, or Ukraine, I like I like Wales in that group. I love Wales. That's a great draw for the fighting Gareth Bales. Uh, Scotland could get their first win ever in they the, could. in the World Cup. <laughs> uh, this is Peru versus who did we say? Um, a, Australia. Australia, Peru, and Australia, or or out. the UAE. Right, right, right. Uh, England and Denmark and Senegal. Uh, this is a beat up. This is, you know what this is going to be, this group, in England, Denmark, Senegal, and the play in, um, the second place team to come out of this group is going to be on goal difference. Who beats the shit out of that team the most? That's going to be one of those. <laughs> yeah. And then for group H, you've got Canada, which is no easy run for them. Oh, so that's a tough, so that's, but got, that's, it's tough, but there's class between it. Like you trust Uruguay to show something that's not nothing. You trust Spain whatever we'll down we'll down actually you can download this and we'll post it in our group yes. in the in the in the Facebook chat to keep it going now this is not real this is fake but this is at least a sense of what could not SVG do the PNG yeah I did uh but yeah it's uh if if you look at it from a CONCACAF lens right you've got mm-hmm. three maybe four clubs uh federations I should say if Costa Rica get through. You like their chances of getting through to the round of 16. Uh, Mexico should be favored to advance. The United States should absolutely. They're in the best seat of any of the four teams. Canada takes it on the chin a little bit mm-hmm, with Spain, mm-hmm. Uruguay, and it's not. A, it's not a. It's not a great Uruguay, but in in the World Cup, I think a lot of time form goes out the window. It's a short sprint. Some of older players can show out. Uh, sometimes there's quick turnaround, but it's it's really weird. Soccer is really weird in that these national tournaments live on institutional strength, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why it's such a shock that Italy's not here. That's why it's such a shock when the Netherlands miss. You know, it it is Chile all again. It, it, yeah, Chile, no Colombia, Colombia bow out. Well, we know that Comebol is the toughest group in the world because you've got two teams that are always through in Argentina and Brazil. And then everyone else is just like a knives out blood match to the death. Yep. And it's, I mean, and sometimes literally, uh, but it is tough as fuck. Like, I think that there are Conmebol teams that look at CONCACAF and go, motherfucker, give me that hex. Right. Yeah. If, if, we, were to, <laughs> if we were to combine the two and, and group all of the world cup spots, it would be 90, 10, right. Conmebol. <laughs> Oh like yeah, we Mexico and the U.S. would not make it. <laughs> no, it would be the Mexicans or the United States. One maybe. spot, yeah. maybe, and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, this I is mean, good. 
this is this is a lot of fun. I, I, I'm all right. So give me your your easiest group of all. It's these eight. it's Germany's is a is a cakewalk. Yeah, I agree. Like they don't even they could basically not show up. Which they might, by the way. They are known to do that. Uh, they had one bad World Cup in 40 years. <laughs> they, they do not forget. But yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, I, think... I, I agree with that. But I, honestly, because it's such a it's such like a fart noise, the other games, Group C with the United States, I, I don't see that being... That is an easy group. If the I United can't States even see them it. fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. That's an easy group. Uh, group of death is still England, no matter who the Conmebol AFC. If it's if it's a Conmebol team, if it's Peru, that's still tough. I mean, they're gonna fight to the end. Yes, yeah, I agree. And then I would say, Group H. I don't know the level of Paru- of, of of Uruguay right now, but Poland are historical chokers. They're usually terrible. I don't think they've made it out of the group stage in uh, forty years or thirty years, so they're really bad. Um, Serbia don't play well. Cameroon ha- are living on one moment in 1990 and a little bit in 1994, but otherwise they're just making up the numbers. Brazil, we know the history, the carrying, they'll always make it through the group. And then group F, I think, you know, even though it's fake, if it did end up like this, it's a toss up. I don't know what would happen. I, I agree. I, I mean, Ghana's not a historic, this is not a good Ghana team, but Again, they do live through witch doctors and, and institutional <laughs> knowledge. And then I think sneaky tough is this group E because Argentina, like you said, yes, it's messy, but they do they did win the Copa Libertadores. They do have a way to play. It is a defensive style. It is very much they do it's not just give it to Messi. It's like we have a way to play. It is yeah. with Messi. He does the things that he does, but we're playing a certain way. Although the the final of the Copa Libertadores is not an indicative of how humans should play soccer, that game was ridiculous. No, that was absurd. <laughs> um, give me your biggest upset of the group stage, according to these groups. Um, I could see. I don't. You know what? I don't even know. Take a uh, second. I, I'll go with mine. Read it over a little bit, right? I'm going with Sun Hyung Min. In the 79th minute, scores South Korea one, Belgium nil. South Korea oh, goes through. The upset is 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 England coming down to earth, not attacking enough, being holding the ball for hours, oh, and God. then Sadio Mane beating him, and Denmark winning that group. That sounds and, a lot like like South Korea Belgium to me. Right, because you know how these cycles are. It's already like the third time with 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 Southgate. He's a terrible. He's shackled the team. They're yeah. too defensive. He he t- plays players in the wrong place. I just what England is so good right now. Yes, they have made two semifinals in a row. They have, and we can go into your talking point right after this with with about Harry yeah. Maguire. They have a really good team strength and spirit. They've got each other's backs more than any English team. Ever. And that's literally what puts them through because Southgate's a terrible coach. Unless you give him credit for team spirit and mentality, that's fine. But how they play is awful. No, <laughs> I agree. Fuck Harry Maguire. 
<laughs> well, and it's and it's the it's the um, the team selection a lot of time too, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, he just gets it wrong at the at the critical moments. But yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about something that happened in the latest England game, which, by the way, they are comfortably through to the World Cup. Never any pressure. Never any anything. They, um, they played a friendly against the Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast, which is basically an English team. Right. Wow. <laughs> With Didier Drogba once upon a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and yeah, they right. they won comfortably, I believe. 3 0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fans at Wembley were booing the ever loving shit out of Harry Maguire. Now, this stems back to some. some on-field and off-field incidents he's had with Manchester United, who are, of course, the biggest team in England. And then, therefore, their recent form has has put a cloud over the otherwise successful England World Cup qualifying campaign. They made um, a final of the Euro and lost to Italy, who are out of the World Cup. Oh, no, no. That means I, they're champions. I understand. And so this is the, the case against – the case against booing Harry Maguire is a completely sound one. There's no reason why wearing an England shirt, Harry Maguire should be booed by the basically entire country, right? Um, However, when – and I will be on the opposite side of my beloved Harry Kane for for probably the first time ever. Um, (laughs) He comes out and tweets support for Harry Maguire, and there's multiple pundits who are – and by the way, and I'll walk it back for a second. Harry Kane's doing what a captain should do, and I agree, and I and I get that. He's going to bat for his guy, and and, and again, he was a he's an integral part of the 2018 World Cup run of the 2022 or whatever you want to call it, um, 2021 uh, Euro run, right? So both ended with semifinal runs, or like you said, going to the final against uh, Italy in penalties. The problem I have is that it was cast out as abuse. And we need to we need to calm down with that. Okay. Abuse uh, is getting slapped in the face by Will Smith. By Will Smith. <laughs> I, I just look, it was it was in vogue over the summer when Bukayo Saka, who again had he should never have been put in that position by his teammates, right? He should never have been the guy who had to go make that kick. And he unfortunately missed and he was abused quote unquote for it. He was abused or, 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 or booed or yelled at or whatever because he missed the kick. But what did it turn into? Oh, he's a young black player for England. This is racism. One-on-one. To be fair, to be fair, the tweets are pretty bad. That may be, and there is a significant contingent of it that is, whoa, way over the line, right? Yeah. Okay. But when Spurs supporters sing about Bukayo Saka missing the Euros, that's banter. That's fun. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's fine. That's right. But but it gets lumped in. And that's where my problem is. I am, okay, let me be very clear if I haven't to this point. (laughs) I don't think we need to, like, put a line in the sand, what is okay and what's not. I think we're pretty much all aware of that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're very clear of what's on the wrong side of it. But what I don't think we're clear about at all is the other part where you're you're ribbing the guy, you're booing him, you're whatever, because he missed a penalty. Or in this case, because he sucks for Manchester United. 
right? You can boo, you can do whatever you want within, Let, again, within the confines of that can line. I, can I give you some historical context? You on may, please. Things? First, David Beckham was literally attacked for getting a red card in the World Cup to the point that it, he considered like, I'm not playing football anymore. That was by all of England. England's most precious son. So Harry Maguire needs to take it easy. There's that. The second thing is, it was regular known occurrence for Liverpool fans to boo Manchester United players on the England team and for Manchester United fans to boo Liverpool players playing on the English team. The English team was never a single unit. They literally had clicks and literally all hated each other. And that's why they fucked up. So the thing that's happening with this Maguire thing is on the one hand, for fandom, it is new. There is a unified spirit about the team that they close around their own. The way they went around Sancho, the way they went around Saka, the way they're going around Maguire. I think there are there are consequences. Like I think there is a molly coddling, there is a toughness factor, there is a hey, just we're booing him. Just it's not a fucking brouhaha. It's no right. big deal. He's just he's the captain of Manchester United. If he can't take this, maybe he shouldn't be playing for Manchester United. Right. Says the Manchester United fans who are like, yeah, no shit. He shouldn't be playing for Manchester United. <laughs> well, right. But he shouldn't be earning all that money every week. He shouldn't be like, there are things that come with the territory. And frankly, folks, criticism is very, it's probably one on the list. It's actually two. It's, money it's, is one and yeah. criticism is two. It's so funny. It It is a common, I think it is a new occurrence or a modern occurrence there are two parallel things happening at once. There is the mental health aspect of athletes that's becoming pervasive around all sports. You've got uh, that Naomi Osaka who just like breaks down and says, I can't play anymore in tennis. Fine. Simone She's not Biles. a hero, okay? Uh, Simone Biles, I think on the other side is like, no, for real, for real, for real, I'm going to break my fucking neck. I'm, I got the yips. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I don't understand fucking gymnastics, but I know that if you don't feel 100% confident to fly through the air do and right. try and fucking land, don't do it. Maybe I got you shouldn't have gone over there, but... <laughs> and took someone's... I, but I think it probably happened. I get, I get the point. Yeah. That one's fine. But uh, Ben Simmons on the Sixers just being like, my back hurts, I don't feel like playing. Oh no, I'm meant to, I meant... I couldn't shoot free throws. I'm, I'm, I'm off in my head. I'm like, you're a pussy. Okay, I'm using the word. Okay, you shouldn't play. Then go. Uh, that's another one. And then just, just there is a, there has to be a balance. And I think we're sort of trying to find the right place. And the one I want to talk about in the U.S. is Russell Westbrook just refusing to acknowledge that he's terrible at basketball now, and just attacking the press anytime they say, "By the way, you had 15 turnovers and you keep losing your team games." Ask me another question. I'm like, and you suck too. You know, like, what the fuck is going on, right? So we have that. It's a little bit – it's not really happening in football yet, but I think the rallying around uh, – oh, no, Gareth Bale had it too. He's like, you don't understand. I'm taking abuse. You know, these Spaniards, you know, you, wow. it's mental health. You No, he had a whole long Instagram no, no, thing I, about, I know. And, about and them attacking like, him. There's booing Harry Maguire at Wembley because he sucks for three months. 
And then there's the Spanish press and fans. Actively trying to get rid of Bale. For five years now. <laughs> they and, hated and him. Bale's, I and talked Bale's about like, this last week. He's like, one peso, two euros, three yeah, right. euros. Uh, you want to take a pay cut and go to another country? Nope. No. No, no. You guys are going to pay me. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, oh, you signed the contract? You're going to fucking live up to it. But no, yeah. there's <laughs> while he's being a world-class player, we, we talked about it. He wasn't, yeah, he's still really he wasn't, good. He wasn't new Ronaldo. We get it. But fuck's sake, two Champions League gold men, uh, uh, you know, game winners. Yeah. Despite it's, the fact, the whole time it's that Copa the whole del Rey thing, won, I think the Real they him during yeah, that game. The Real thing is they can't see what he is. They only can see what he isn't, yeah. right? Appreciate what he is. Be happy that it happened, not that he's not the other thing. But anyway. real quick, that is the problem with Madridistas because they never do. The only player they've ever really truly embraced, I guess maybe aside from Zidane, is is Ronaldo. And right? he wanted to leave. Remember, at the end of the Champions League final, they had just won. He's like, contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck is going right. on? And so and Bale did the same thing at the end of the same game. They were both like, yeah, contract. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So, but the, but the problem that they have as a fan base and it, yeah. I, for, for our American contingent, yeah. um, if you were to roll Yankees fans, Cowboys fans, and Lakers fans into one unholy triumvirate, you would get Real Madrid fans. You would get Boston sports fans. <laughs> yeah, but even worse than that, dude. And this is – I hate – Boston sports fans more than I hate ISIS. Okay. And <laughs> you're talking about just the most entitled, r- ruthlessly. But unhappy. they win. The difference is our, the, the, the American group don't really win. <laughs> well, it's because we have rules that basically yeah, yeah, make yeah, everybody yeah. else win. But they would win years. if they could win. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but Real Madrid, they're not even happy when they win. They, they've won so much that they just, expect to do it and when they don't they're furious right it's yeah. as if it's their sustenance they yeah. need it to survive and when they don't they get they grow hungry and angry right like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a weird state like they don't they're joyless football fans it's very strange yeah yeah and it's all and, and it, it and style matters like you can't just win right yeah yeah i think that's one of the most fascinating things about soccer that juxtaposes with with i think american football more than anything which is American football fans, the W's are all that matter. No one goes, you guys won, but boy, was that a just defensive. So just I, there's a phrase, there's a phrase I love to say about, yeah. well, at least yeah, including about Tottenham. And, and because that ethos and the way the play and all that stuff does permeate itself into uh, English football as well. But my favorite phrase, and it's so, so American and it underlines the differences perfectly is they don't ask you how they ask you how many. Yeah. In the, in the U S yeah. in, in Europe, they actually do ask you how, and yeah. also how many, right? Well, and so, we loved, we love teams that don't win, but did, did how like Bielsa is just loved. The guys yeah. never won anything. No. Or the other one is, I think uh, the, the famous Dutch team, why the Dutch are famous. They never won the world cup. They're the most remembered team probably in history. Mm-hmm because of what they represented and what their legacy was to the point that like Cruyff was a great player goes to Barcelona and literally sets the stage for the next 30 years of football play because Mm -hmm. of his time at Barcelona going to Pep changing Barcelona 
to Messi. The whole thing. It's all from that same team in 1972. Literally, a straight line goes to this is how you're supposed to play football, mm-hmm. which is incredible. I think it's so yeah. cool. Anyway, yeah. uh, we do have other things. Speaking of Barcelona, I do have to give a shout out. And you don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to tell you. The Barcelona women's team that we gave, uh, we talked about in the Champions League final against Chelsea at the end of the year last year. They're back at it. They're back in the Champions League. This is a quarterfinal game. It was a Clasico versus Real. They, I'm going to give a shout out to women's football. They set the record for attendance for a women's football match overtaking the 99 final USA versus China 91,000 people went uh, on the totally wow. football show they had a female an English journalist who was there she just was moved and and I, this is the part that I appreciate like it maybe it's not for dudes it's fine but that this she was mentioning that the singing didn't have the guttural male sound but had the the twine of like the whole stadium singing, but you could tell it's mostly women. So it and, sounded like a softball, little league softball yeah. game. But but ninety one thousand people. Well, not yeah, women, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then just that this woman who was there and probably you know in her twenties or thirties, that the moment she was overcome, that to see that's that cool. level of football, that level of play, that's special. The yeah, that's awesome. So I shout out to them. But are you ready for dominance? This is the current stats of. Uh, Barcelona women. I had it set up. So uh, they played Real. They came back against Real. Uh, they were down a goal and then won 3-1 because they literally uh, win all games. And you're going to hear the stats in one minute. Are you ready for the stats? You ready? Let's get it. Barcelona in first place twenty-five through 25 matches in the Primera Division Barcelona Femenini. 25 played, 25 won. No draws, no losses. 138 goals for, you ready for or against? Okay. Seven. <laughs> and they have a 70, they have a goal difference of 131 goals. So they're that- averaging, <laughs> right. They're averaging per match five and a half goals a game. Yeah. And what do you say? Seven goals in 25? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. So that. they're averaging, their, their average score is 5.5. <laughs> Yeah. To 0.25, roughly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. They're they are they are something to behold. They just beat uh Barcelona in the league 5-0, and then they beat them 8-3 on aggregate uh just now. Uh they're uh they're pretty good, but they could be set up should uh oh Arsenal already lost. So they'll be Arsenal women lost to Wolfsburg. It, it would have been a setup of Arsenal women against Barcelona. So it's looking like uh they'll they'll continue and carry on. But still, they knocked Lyon off their perch. And this is your women's football. Lyon's women had been 10, 15 Champions Leagues in a row, and Barcelona women are now the gold standard of football. And they're now at another level. They're stratospheric. There's nobody close. Uh Manchester City did push for a while. Chelsea did push for a while, but right now it's Real, it's it's Barcelona, and nobody close. Okay. The thing is, and this is the thing that I think about, not to go too far into women's sports, but no, I, I'm it's the cost. It's like, how much does that team probably cost? Oh, $10 pennies. Million dollars? Yeah, $10 yeah, million? Yeah. Dollars? All, all in? $15 million? This all is in? actually a question. Is that uh, the ad campaign that's worth them talking about this is $15 million probably? It's worth um, it. 
So my, my question then is who are the superstars on this team? Generally, are they Spanish? Are they Americans that are over there? Are they French? Like I think, who, right. I don't know yet. I've got find to the roster. If you I can, look because, at the roster. Because I, I remember, and, and, you know, we did this literally, by the way, in our second episode, F value was almost as bad as it is in episode 156. But um, I remember going on this whole diatribe about why women's sports work over there, why Alex Morgan was leaving the Orlando Pride to go to Tottenham, even though she, I don't think she ever actually played a game. It was a whole thing. She didn't, she didn't play much, no. Yeah. Um, the team is by right. the vast majority is from Spain. There is interesting. There are 25 players, there's a Swedish player. There's a Norwegian player. There's a Swiss player. There's two Norwegians, two Swiss, and a Nigerian player. They're all from Spain. Everybody. So okay. So then this brings me to my next point. Then uh, that's a co- that's a team that's that's the best coach team in the world, men or women. It's got to be because 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 Spain's women's team is not a world power. They right? are. They're, good. They they're are fine. Getting there. They they're, will be. Getting well, they're there. getting there, and this yeah. is exactly why. Right. It's the same reason that the U.S. men's national team has been held back. There is the talent there, especially to be the kings of CONCACAF. Are you fucking kidding me? People lose to Canada. But the coaching, the scheming, um, the ability to play in a cohesive way as a unit is just not there, right? Mm -hmm. And and fine injuries, whatever. But conversely, and this is why the rest of the world has caught up with the U.S. women's team. The coaching has been, frankly, abysmal for 20 years. But they've gotten by on literally individualistic performances. Rapino, Wambach, Morgan, uh, Kristen Press, these players are so much fucking better than their counterparts. Not for and long. frankly, they only had real competition in what would you say in a normal tournament? Was that like eight matches, nine matches, maybe? Uh, uh, every 10, yeah, barely any, yeah. Right. But my point is that in that tournament, how many times because they start in the group stage, very similar to how we just did it with the men, uh, walk through the group. They would get a, an, an easy two seed from the other from one of the other groups. So they're already in the quarterfinals before they've even lifted a finger, right? And so you would get one or two difficult matches: a Japan, uh, a Sweden, uh, historically France, obviously is one of their biggest rivals, and Brazil probably round out five of the top, call it seven right in the world. And so you've got those, those teams, you don't see any of them until the semifinal. So of course they're going to just math based on mathematically, you're getting them a buy round to the semis uh, before the rest of the world, the rest of the realistic competition shows up, but now England, and, and this is kind of what I always, England is an upstart team in this sport. So, so we just understand where we, where we've been, where we are and how far we still have to go. The plucky underdog is the country that invented the fucking sport. Okay. But so, they did something really stupid. They banned women's football for 75. I know that they did. I know that they did. But, but, <laughs> and, 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 and that's incredibly stupid because you know yeah. what? They, the, U.S. women would never have won fucking anything. Well, if they I think did. that that's I mean, that's really the story is the countries that had more for lack of equality in their culture. The exactly. Norwegian countries. Oh, God, yeah. The Norwegian countries were winners first. So Norway, I believe, won the first Women's World Cup. That's right. I believe and in then, 1990. Yeah. And then the United States with Title Nine. I think that's 1972 where there had to be equal money in college scholarships. That's that lead is ending. We're I, I would right. I would venture to say that the United States women might not win another World Cup in the next 20 years. 
Easy. That could happen well, easily. It could happen easily because now what you're looking at is they're all getting old. Well, well, yes, but they're, they're going to reload and be fine from a talent perspective. But two things are happening simultaneously. Coaching. The rest, yes, well, that's one of them. The rest of the world's talent is getting much better. So the tide is rising. The U.S. is not really moving, though. The rest of the tide around them well, is. We were already at the top. Exactly. And so everybody's starting to catch up. But the difference and the quality that the rest of the world has, as you said, is in coaching. And so when you're far, starting to see that, and they, those two things meld together, we are now at a deficit, right? And so what I, the scenario I just explained where you get into the semifinal without even trying is no longer the case. You're no. going to win every group for the next 20 years, U.S. women. Congratulations on that. But as soon as you get into the knockout round, you're going to be in dogfights immediately. I think and there will be years where you lose in the, in the round of 16 in the quarterfinals. I think what will happen is there will be a – And that's good for the game, by the way. That, yes, let me yes. be very clear. That is good for women's sports. I think there will be a – 1955 England versus Hungary moment where the United States comes playing their 4-4-2, playing their kick and chase, playing their, we run faster than you and all the girls are five inches taller than you because we're fucking big, strong, badass kids. And like like Japan, and I think it was 2014, someone's just going to go, boop, 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 boop. You, oh, yeah. you want to run? You're just not going to get the ball. Yeah. We're just going to pop it around you and hold on to it. Boop, 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 boop. But we're not going to be Japan where they literally were playing in fucking heart in gyms in small indoors. It's going to be Barcelona's 11 are just going to become the Spanish national team yes. and smoke you. Yeah. Although the and weird that's... thing is that France never won because France is really good as well. Anyway, let's go to the Premier League. We have we... Premier League back. Yes. That was a and good we... segment on women's soccer. I'm proud of us. Yeah, that was good. That was we good. didn't say anything bad. Women, please check us. And if you gave us a bad review uh, two years ago, listen to this part, you fucking We asshole. remember you. <laughs> we're still two idiots with microphones, but we're actually giving it a chance for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, we brought up it's, we know it's a cool shit. thing to talk about. We know um, who won the first Women's World Cup without looking it up. You show me another podcast that is not that is male-driven, that knows that, and they're fucking liars, and they've got Google. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we beat China in the next one in 94, I guess, uh, in China. So next week's schedule, the weekend looks like this, as Rebecca Lowe might say. Uh, Rip my shirt off like Brandy Chastain. Sorry. Oh, what a legend. Uh, I watched that live. It was a great I moment. did too. I remember The that. weekend starts like this. The early game is Liverpool versus Watford. Watford have not won in Liverpool in Anfield ever. We have, <laughs> we have a Midlands derby between Wolves and Aston Villa. Aston Villa now with like four internationals. Ollie Watkins scoring the first goal for England. Mings scoring the third. In between, there's a Harry Kane penalty in between that. The fighting Jesse Marshes of you of Leeds at home versus Southampton. That would be a Leeds. good game. If Leeds win this game, they're free and clear, and Jesse Marsh is a fucking legend. Chelsea play Brentford at Stamford Bridge, a London derby. We'll see if Christian Eriksen can bring some fight to Brentford. Brentford are basically safe, but this is a trap game for Chelsea. I think Brentford is a good bet to get something out of this game. Maybe a draw, maybe something. Burnley play Manchester United at Turf Moor. No longer a Turf Moor stadium. I'm going to give you the quick Wait, head-to-head. Man Manchester City. Manchester City, excuse me. Uh, Manchester City have won the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13 times in a row. The last time Manchester City lost to Burnley was in 
2015, and I believe that was the George Floyd. George Floyd, not George Floyd. He's dead. Oh, Excuse Jesus. me. He's George not an Boyd. icon. It's George Boyd. George Boyd. Oh, Excuse my goodness. Me. We did so well with the women's segment, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, Brighton versus Norwich. Uh, Brighton on a six-game losing streak. Get the get healthy against Norwich uh, at the IMX. But Brighton have been bad. The, tra- the transfer of Dan Byrne has really hurt them. They seem to have taken that as a you guys don't really care if we win or lose, huh? All right, fuck off. Uh, then United versus Leicester at home. I This is the kind of game that Manchester United fuck up, and we get the whole narrative of Manchester United. Then on Sunday, 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 West Ham play Everton. Everton are terrible. West Ham are fantastic. Take West Ham and the points. Uh, Tottenham play Newcastle. What would have been an easy game, but now not so much. I'm worried for you. Yeah, well, we've got basically uh, everybody all around the goddamn world, so I'm really not sure what's going to happen. And this is kind of before we go into the Monday game. (laughs) This is a factor. We just we talked about Salah, we talked about Mane, and getting in pretty much today for a Saturday early start. Uh, I don't love Liverpool to beat the doors off of Watford. Now they could, but any team Watford's really bad. Any team that has a ton of internationals and internationals that have been splintered all over the world, who, by the way, Chelsea, Tottenham, uh, Liverpool are three that pop out to me right away. They're City, in City, danger. Cities are all in Europe. They're not, they're cities not are in Europe. They're fine. It's a quick yeah, yeah, flight. Yeah. They're back already. No big deal. And they don't have to worry too much about the time zone difference. Tottenham, Liverpool, and, 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 uh, and Chelsea have guys that are – they don't know where the fuck they are, right? This is going to take a few days for them to really get their their shit together. And additionally, they've not been playing cohesively. So not only do you have those players who are off doing their own things, you have teams like Newcastle, Watford, Brentford. They've been playing. Who have been practicing have been cohesive. So yeah. I always think that there's a there's a boost for these smaller teams. The, coming yeah, the, out the, the, of the, the po- yeah, it, there's always weird results. This could be a moment for Watford. It would yeah. be huge for Roy. I don't think they're good enough. And then the big Monday night game. This is a another big boy event. I know Arsenal's last big boy event was a strong showing in a loss to Liverpool. I thought they played well, losing two nil. Sure. But this will be a tougher game away at Selhurst Park Monday night. Again, we know what Crystal Palace are capable of. They'll literally roll out the same fucking playbook that they do against City. Basically, Arsenal right now is just a shit version of City um, with a with with better finishing and not and a terrible midfield. So we'll see what happens there. I like Palace. I like I like Connor Gallagher at coming off his first game for England to score. This will be a great game, the Monday night game, Arsenal at Selhurst. Ian Wright will be fired up. His two former teams, South London, yeah. represent. It should be a good time. I can't remember. Are you a hater of Ian Wright? Do you even know what he's no, up to? No, no. I, I mean, I came in too late. But I actually, for, for what he is on TV, I think he's actually awesome. Yeah, he's um, good. He's got yeah, a no, he's got a Charles Barkley quality to him. He does. I was going to say that. He, he's got a very – it's not as outlandish, but it is. He's, he's like Charles Barkley light. Right, right, um, right. Where Charles Barkley is not a good analyst, but you don't care because he's nice and you like him. Right, right, right. No, I, I, I'm excited about this one. I think it's far and away the the match of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Palace is again. Palace is a team that, like I just said, they've been they've got their ears pinned back. They've been working together as a unit for two full weeks. Um, and uh, Arsenal, gotta, this is a big test. We're gonna learn a lot. Gotta think you. that Vieira is like, don't you people fucking lose to my former team. Right, Why is right, Arteta right. there? 
I should be the fucking. I should be there. Yeah, show them that I should be the man. Right. Um, And you know what? I think I don't. I think Arteta's better. I don't think. uh, I don't uh, think. I'm not even. I think they're both class managers, and I've really never. uh, I've given Arsenal shit, but I've never really been an anti-Arteta guy. I think he. If you really want to pain yourself, walk through our episodes. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been on Team Arsenal all year. I kind of had, I kind of tipped them because, I, well, because yeah. of the underlying data that I saw. I was like, this team's good. <laughs> sure, sure. And I was not on them, but I was, I, I thought that they I thought the team wasn't good enough to play the way that Arteta wanted to. But I do think that Arteta is a good coach. I think the answer is probably the team's better than I thought it was, and Arteta is about as good as I thought he was. Um, but yeah, I, and that, that brings me to what'll be probably our last point of the evening. But um, we do have a well, we have a, a a range of when Tottenham are going to play Arsenal. Ooh. Now, for those that don't remember, the North London derby was canceled at Arsenal's request because of one. Let me repeat: one COVID case in their camp. One, the entire match. And that, 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 that Arteta complained about games is one of the lowest moments in the season. Like, yeah, you know, no, I, nobody can defend him for that. Super, oh, I, I have, I have a final point that we have. We got five minutes. Yeah, we got, we got. Champions League changes coming soon. Are you ready for this? They're yeah. going to go to a full table system, and they do have historical placement. That mm. if you miss the Champions League place in your league, they're going to take the UEFA coefficient, and and allow you in, but you still have to finish in fifth. Okay. So if you finish just out, you can get in. You get like a little bit of a parachute. Does but it come? Gotta... At, does it come at the team in fourth's expense, or does it come? No, at no one's expense. expense. It just it means literally that England, if a historical team or a team with their past five years UEFA coefficient, like for instance, let's say Chelsea. Let's let's say Chelsea, who's been good and yeah. a, a good team historically, they have a down year. And then they finish in fifth. England would have five teams. Interesting in the Champions okay. League. That's going to be math that I'm not capable of doing right now. But it's so not we, as bad as just being like, "Oh, Inter, you get in." Right, 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 right. So Tottenham Arsenal, uh, as they stand right now, they are three points apart in the table. Arsenal with one game in hand. That game is against Chelsea. Um, so it's going to be the that's week a loss. Of... They're not beating. They're not beating Chelsea. No, not at all. But it's the week of May 9th. So for all intents and purposes, Tottenham and Arsenal are split by three points and two goals on goal difference. What that means is if Arsenal can, if if Spurs can close the gap, organically, that two will at at worst be one. And they will be playing on level points in the week of May 9th. So... Like FA Cup and then a, a winner take all. Yeah, final. yeah. So, so uh, my, it, there's my, no I, other games that week. It's probably gonna be the tenth or the eleventh. Holy balls! Buckle I up for that one. Baby. I have not given a lot of shrift to City's gauntlet that's coming, but after this weekend, we will go through this the death lineup that City has to go through. It's Liverpool twice, Atletico twice. Oh God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, right, FA, FA Cup. Uh, they didn't get the FA Cup, but they still but, have to play. So, so, so Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is opened. In, it was opened in 2019. This is comfortably, and probably the only other game that's even close is the City and Ajax Champions League quarters and semifinals. This is the biggest game for Tottenham Hotspur to host since certainly I've been a fan. But it is going to be massive. 
North London Derby at home with a chance to punch your ticket into Champions League at your biggest rival's expense. Holy shit. I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, it's the week of May 9th, so it's probably going to be the 10th, 11th, maybe the 12th. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly when that's going to be. It's probably going to be announced in the next few days. All right. All right. I'm wrapping it up, Mike. All right. Let's get out of here. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of L chopped sports network we record on tuesdays and fridays so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show if you're listening on apple or wherever you do it please submit reviews give give us likes we need them we need you thank you and good night